O-T-B-G-A-A. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. So the male footballers ended a long wait, seven years for a Connacht title victory when they beat Galway at the weekend. I'm delighted to say manager Michael Moyles and Fiona McHale, one of their players, is with us this morning. Fiona, how were the celebrations after that? Yeah, they were good. Uh, they didn't last too long. Everyone was back to work on either Monday or Tuesday. A few people had exams as well, but we made the most of it on Sunday night anyway. You have to after... A uh, seven-year wait for a Connacht title, you have to make the most of it. Scratching a seven-year itch is one of those great things in any sport. At what point during this season did you start to feel confident that, because uh, obviously you've been there, thereabouts, and some years you've, you've been disappointed, some years you've done really well in the meantime. So was there a point that you can look back on now and go, actually, you know, this feels a little bit different this year. This feels like we're, we're capable of doing it and we have justified belief in ourselves. Yeah, well, I suppose we're with Michael now and the management team. This is our third year, so we have been building. And I suppose even the first two years we were with Michael, you always had that belief, but you have to be realistic as well about where you're at and trying to build a squad and all of that. So I think this year with the league, even though we came out probably the wrong side of the majority of our games, what was really pleasing about the group was that for every training session on the Wednesday after those losses, we may have lost by a point or two points. It was all very close. The group just stayed positive. Everyone just kept their heads up, just kept focused on the next game. And I think that probably has been the most important thing this year. Um, and things just really came together probably a couple of weeks before we went into the Connick final. You were when, wondering when things were going to start to click. Because, you know, you could be working on things at training and wondering is this going well? Is this going right? Um, and you really, you know, you do need a win as well at the end of the day to have that buy into what you're trying to do and all the things that you're working on. So probably just the way the group stuck together through those league games. Um, and we came out the right side, obviously, of our relegation battle against Donegal. And that was obviously so important for confidence and morale within the group as well. Yeah. That game that, that uh, Fiona mentions, Michael, I mean, that Donegal match was back in March. That's the last competitive game you had. Is that is that a tough a test for a, for a manager to and a coaching team as well to come in after such a cold period of, of no no action all of a sudden you're in the Connacht final I know because I think there's plenty of teams around there that are looking for good high level challenges and we had a few of those and and again it gives us a, a time to maybe take a break after the league I know Galway didn't have that same opportunity so we took a week and we kind of reset the girls some of the girls were gone on an all-star trip so it gives a chance to reset there was a lot of things in the league that went very very well for us but results-wise, didn't. You know, we just came out on the wrong side of it. And losing by a point or losing by 10 points is still losing. So, you know, we knew, as Fiona alluded to, that we were close uh, and things were coming good. Um, I suppose for us was getting the group together. I think the first year and the second year, there was a big turnover of players and, and like, there's a lot going on in ladies' football, as you know. Like, so it's trying to keep a group together. And then once you do that, it's kind of striving for success. And we feel that we've a, a lot of consistency between last year and this year. And we got an opportunity to work on things maybe we didn't the previous year. So we were happy enough where we were at the end of the league. Uh, and as Fiona said, just getting over that Donegal game, we got two wins in the league. But it was just the survival in Division 1 that we were looking for and to take the opportunity of the league to, to try out a few things and, and to, to make ourselves a bit better in um, a lot of areas where we needed it. 
is one of those challenges holding on to players. I know Rachel Cairns, two-time All-Star, had uh, come back in for the for the league campaign from Geelong, and and I guess when you see the likes of Vicky Wall and, and other top players down under, it is tough to hold on to the top players. You can understand why they'd want to go, but at the same time, for the benefit and promotion of the game over here, we want we want to see them stay. Yeah, but look, we can only do what what's what's in front of us. Um, we have a panel of 30 players and, and Rachel is one of the girls that's in Australia that she was with us last year, uh, sustained an injury and had to go back to Australia without playing a game for some deeply disappointed. Um, Rachel loves loves me football as all the girls do, but she put herself forward too and she's been with us from the start of the year and I think that's important. Um, it's a tough gig for the Australian girls. It's it's a different ball game um, and when they come back, it takes a bit of time to get back into Gaelic football. But like we bully back all the male players are in Australia um, but for us, we need to concentrate on, on what's here. Like, and, and like, you know, I suppose the commentary around for my first two years anyway was about the people people that were missing, and that's I suppose one of our remits is to make sure they're talking about the players that are here. Fiona, we were chatting to James Tracy, the former Leinster player on the on the show. He was in the studio earlier, uh, and he was talking about the word hatred when it came to the relationship between Leinster and Munster. Um, you've had this rivalry with Galway now in Connacht, and, and of course they were chasing. I think it was five in a row this year. So they've had a little bit of dominance in Connacht, but is there a, a bit of spiciness in that fixture? A, a good spiciness, one that kind of gets gets everyone up for the match, I suppose. Yeah, there always is, and it's been really very much ourselves in Galway over the last probably decade because every so often you might have Sligo or Common or Leitrim who might come up to senior level, but that fixture is there and it's been consistent every single year, and really Galway have gotten the right side of it more often than not. But yeah, we like they're the same as us. Like that rival is strong, but it's 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 a respectful rival at the same time. But yeah, we do we do enjoy playing each other. So, um, and I'm sure there's some of the chance we could end up playing each other again, no doubt, at some other stage in the season this year too. So, when when you look at the game of the weekend, seven point victory, so it looks reasonably comfortable on paper. But that second half performance in particular, I think you outscored Galway by two six to one one in the second half. So. That must be quite pleasing, Fiona, as well, to, to to be able to push on in the second half when things get a little bit tight and testy. Yeah, and there's been like certain games this year where we've probably had shaky starts and we had a really good start. That was probably one of the factors in winning the game for us was we got 1-3 um, on the scoreboard. And what was also pleasing for us was that Goa came back at us and they went ahead at half time, and there was no panic within the group. You could just really sense that calmness that, OK, Goa, we've got a point ahead, but we know what our plan is. We know what we have to do. And the second half then, you know, you always need a bit of a, the rub of the green too um, to get over the line. But I think just the squad that we have and the fact that, you know, two of our subs, Sean Howley and Sinead Walsh came on and in that final quarter, I think between the two of them, they got they got one three and probably contributed to the penalty too. So between the two of them, two three of that two six. Um, so it just showed the importance of the depth in our squad as well. So I just really think having that depth, but also just the girls being calm around Galway come back at us. Because it was literally, it was... We went up, then they went up, then we went up, and then they got that goal in the second half as well. It was a real turning point, but the decisive thing for us really was the penalty, and Rachel slotted that really well, and that really just set us up then nicely for the last 10 minutes. Michael, can we zoom out a little bit to the, the general championship? Um, over the last couple of years, obviously, being involved with Mayo, uh, you know, you, you've got to start local and, and try and win Connacht, but haven't seen 
just how quickly a team can come together and actually go and win the ultimate prize. Has that been an inspiration? Has it been a bit annoying that uh, Mead were able to kind of come from nowhere and, and do that so quickly? How do you how do you feel about the the level of competitiveness that's there and the opportunity that that represents for you guys? I don't think Mead came from the old place. I think there was a lot of work at underage and that underage success with a lot of those players, but like good structures and they had a lot of momentum coming in, I suppose, winning an intermediate and winning Division 2. And, and that's great. It's great for the game. You can see Kerry going from stride to stride and it shows the work that's going on within those counties. For us, it's, I suppose, it's an inspiration because it's it shows how much um, preparation and momentum can carry you forward. And, and that's, I suppose, one of our goals this year was definitely the Connacht title because in a two-horse race, it should never be a one-sided affair. It should be, never be a monopoly. So, look, that's going to help us. We feel that will help us, and that's why we put major emphasis, maybe more so than Galway, on the Connacht title. Um, so we feel that momentum can bring us forward into the All-Ireland Series. But, like, I think teams are very levelled off now at the moment. I know Kerry probably, at the moment, are a step above everybody else who seem to be, but I think that will level off again. And it will come down to on the day with an awful lot of these games and that's exciting for the LGFA and it's exciting for the championship that you have so many teams that have the potential to win the All-Ireland That helps doesn't it when, when a team like me comes along I'd imagine Michael that, that it gives everyone, everyone a, not a lift because you don't want to see any other county winning by, by your own but when you see a team come as you say it's not from nowhere it was built up over a number of years but a new, a new face lifting the trophy it kind of gives everyone a little bit of motivation yeah, well, the dominance was there between like Cork and Dublin were sharing it over. You know, Cork for 10 odd years were, were winning and then Dublin came and had their monopoly for a while. But, you know, somebody new to come in and, and come in, as you said, virtually kind of from no place and, 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 and win it and then put back to back. And they're not going away. You know, I know they've tried a lot of new players during the league. Then you have Cork, who are an excellent team. You know, you can see that at the weekend. Uh, Dublin are still there so look there's a lot of teams that have the potential and would feel that they have the capabilities to win this championship and, and would be going into it full-heartedly so like it's exciting it's it's good to see and it's it's great for the LGFA to have that competition You'd have cut your teeth Michael with um, I think at club level you would have uh, if I'm not mistaken played with the likes of Stephen Rochford and Kieran McDonald who've both gone into coaching themselves and you'd have played under Martin McHugh and, and John Mahon at county level as well like, do you, have you picked up d- little bits and bobs over the years from different coaches or are you very much your own coach or is it a case of uh, taking everything on board from, from what you've experienced in your own career No absolutely always taking something on from everybody like as you say like Martin McHugh was with us in IT Sligo and it was the time that back in the day when you'd had the quarter final semi final and final three days in a row so mm-hmm. our training sessions were 7 o'clock in the evening 7 o'clock in the morning 7 o'clock in the evening 7 o'clock in the <laughs> morning like so he, um, he he was terror and like you know again you've got John Mahan Pat Holmes like you, always great coaches when I was playing but even now like our coaching staff that we have in with the ladies and the thoroughly deserve that level of preparation are, are very good and there's constant communication so we're always learning and you know the, the men are very good to us as well we can pick their brains just on little bits and pieces the ladies is a, is a game apart like and a lot of us came from the men's game so maybe it took a while to uh, just find out little bits and pieces of adv- advantages there like I think the kick out is very important and we've Michal Slingerman in there uh, League of Ireland goalkeeper played for Mayo and, and he's excellent like you know so those little bits and pieces we're always picking up and we learn lessons in all our games like we played Mead last year in the league semi-final we played Dublin on a number of occasions and you're always picking up little bits and pieces but it's just bringing them in and making them your own is, is important and, and we're, we're coming around to that kind of area now where our development is at the stage where we're, we're happy we probably weren't happy with a lot of aspects of the Galway game 
we went one three up and made a few mistakes and let them back into the game. And in the second half, even that goal was very, very preventable. I know they only scored one one, but it, it's bits and pieces like that that we have to clean up if we're going to be on all All Ireland contenders or if we want to step up to another level. We have to start cleaning more of those mistakes up. I know it's hard to quantify it, Fiona, but from a player's perspective, as as Michael mentions, the kickouts, little things like that, like working with Michal Schlingerman in, in, in training, and I know Galway would have squeezed your kickouts for large portions of that game at the weekend, and you had a press, I think, on, on Galway's kickouts for for a large portion of theirs. So how important is it, when you're in the the, the heat of battle, you're, you're, that you're thinking back to little moments in training and little pointers and, and coping with things and that you've already prepared for, I guess? Yeah, exactly, and there'd be a lot of the times of teams where you might work on kickouts, you know, the training session before a game or you might be working on a particular kickout and it's not enough to just spend maybe two training sessions on something and this is something that we've really focused on this year um, that it's something that you can really go after and get a lot of impact from, especially even on the defensive kickout side of things too. Like we've been on the, the wrong end of, of maybe high press for me last year. As Michael said, we, we've learned a lot from playing some of these big teams, um, but you have to you have to be working on it continuously across the year and you know we we have particular focuses on certain aspects of the game and then in a few weeks later you might revisit it realizing that you need to spend more time on it so but um as michael alluded to there having um michael shangerman in there has been it's been amazing for us because like i've learned so much from him i just he's 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 an outstanding coach um just even the way he works with everyone how he how he deals with the players and just all the little tiny things that you wouldn't even think of. So he's been invaluable within the squad this year. Fiona had mentioned there the, the strength and depth, Michael, a couple of minutes ago. And, and I'm, I think I'm right in saying in that Donegal uh, do or die relegation decider, you made 17 substitutions in total across the hour, which kind of pinpoints just how much talent there is in that squad. Can it be difficult having so much talent? I know it's a good problem to have, but from your perspective, you have a lot of decisions to make. Yeah, and it can be frustrating for the girls, I suppose, because the league turned out the way it was and we were in a lot of tight games and, and we didn't get to give as many game time as we would have wanted. Um, so, you know, that's what I, we were kind of alluded at at the very start, that we wanted to get a squad together, a good, strong squad, girls that wanted to play for Mayo, uh, keep them together and then start to strive for success. And I think we have that now. It can be frustrating for girls, like we have some serious talent that didn't come off the bench on, on Sunday and like you know they will have an opportunity again um, but we need that because even if we look at last year we played Cavan in a championship game um, last year and, and Saoirse Lally and Ailish run, in, run into each other one had a broken collarbone the other one dislocated her elbow you know two girls were out straight away 10 minutes into a championship game and, and Saoirse Lally didn't play again for the rest of the year for us Roisin Flynn came in and had a superb um, championship after that like so you know, it can be difficult to make decisions and there's very little between players, but like it gives us the opportunity, depending on who we're playing or the style that we're playing against or what we need, that we can kind of be a bit more diverse because the last two years we've got to all in semi-finals and there's been a weak turnaround. We bet Galway two years ago in a quarter-final and we played Dublin and Dublin blew us out of the water in the first 10 minutes. Now we were competitive after that, but the game was over. Again, we bet Cork last year, played Kerry, two different styles, and we were we didn't adapt. You know, in, within the week, we weren't able to turn around what we needed to do. So now we have that in our panel where we can choose different girls for different games, and and that's a brilliant, brilliant weapon to have. 
How how has your game adapted and changed over the years, Fiona? Because that that kind of half back role has certainly moved on, and and even look in your in your own county, the likes of Lee Keegan and Keith Higgins over the years, uh, Paddy Durkin, in the men's side of things, like it, it's a position that's constantly evolving and changing. But I'm sure you've had to move along with it. In conversation as those three guys <laughs> from a half back perspective, but um, yeah, the game has overall the game has completely changed it's it's evolving all the time but you see that in the men's game as well and I know there's frustrations around the men's game at the moment with oh it's really boring it's very predictable but that's just the way it is next year there'll be other tactics and the game will evolve again but um yeah it's it's probably gotten more physical and that's been a, a big talking point this year around the physicality and what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do and refs are really clamping down on the tackle and the charge rule is probably something that was a real talking point too and I think in fairness to the referees that was a big talking point across the league but they have it's like as, as if they've reevaluated and they have listened to maybe what's been said from from players and um, managers in the media that's what it, it appears to be because it hasn't been as much of a talking point over the last probably towards the latter end of the, the league and even in the championship so far um, I won't speak too soon, but it was a first, it is a frustrating rule, and it's just frustrating how they how it has been interpreted. But I think referees are, are changing their mindset around that. Um, but overall, the physicality um, has has moved on a lot, and I know that they are look you know there has been motions put across around changing the rules or adding that little bit more physicality. And where do you draw the line? So watch this space. Things could change over the next couple of years, but. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm getting a bit older too as well, so you have to change your style for that as well. <laughs> it comes for all of us, unfortunately. Fiona, thanks a million to both of you for joining us this morning. Congratulations on the uh, Connacht final victory. Best of luck with the rest of the season, folks. Cheers. Thanks, thanks very much. much. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.